Welcome to the Gin Ignite podcast. Whether you want to party or stay in, gin will ignite. This is the weekly show coming to you on a Friday, ready for the weekend, where we go through all things gin. If you want to find more out more information, catch me on Instagram at Gin Ignite or alternatively go to the website www.ginignite.com. Welcome to the show and let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to episode 34. In this episode, we're going to look at Negroni. Now, Negroni is quite contentious. Why is it so loved by some and so hated by others? We learn all about that. And we also learn about how to sort of change the odds so you can find your personal Negroni Nirvana. More about that in just a bit. Now, I have to apologise. The news this week is a bit short and sweet. So I do do sincerely apologise about that. And I promise I will make sure I double my efforts for next week. Sip and Share has gone to 118 members, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm so pleased for Kate. Kate works tirelessly. She really does. The amount of lives she does in a week is, is, is absolutely phenomenal. And she really is starting to get a lot of distillers on board. And in fact, one distiller that sort of said, no, 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 we don't do that, is, is sounds so they're coming on board. So that's really, really good news. I'm so pleased for you, Kate. I am doing a live. Yes, me doing a live. Today at seven o'clock, so that's Friday, the 15th of January. I'm doing it with Tristan from Massingbird Monday. Uh, as you know, I've interviewed Tristan before. So Tristan gets to turn the tables and interview me for a bit. And we're going to try and create two cocktails as well. So that should be really, really good. So if you get a chance, join us at seven o'clock tonight. Alternatively, there will be a save of that live so you can watch it a bit later on. Talking about Massingbird Monday as well, they've got a great competition at the moment. If you guess the weight of a full-size bottle of burrows, you could get to win one, which is great. And also the Gower Gin Company, check them out as well, at the Gower Gin Company. They've got a great competition too, where you can win uh, quite a few bits and pieces. So uh, check that out. My weekly recommendation this week is Viper Gin. I've been trying to get Carl from Viper Gin on the podcast for a long time, but due to his sort of contract gin commitments, it unfortunately has not been possible. Carl has a really interesting story into gin. He sort of started after suffering a back injury as a chef in London and he wanted just something that could sort of allow him to continue with food. So he just studied nutrition up to a PhD and then he started distilling and has been distilling ever since. And when he first created his sort of London dry, he wasn't really sure what to call it, but a viper or an adder jumped out of the area he was clearing to grow for the botanicals of the gin. And so he thought, do you know what? I'm going to call it Viper Gin. The nose of the gin has a very sort of distinctive kind of London dry aroma. The taste profile starts dry, followed by a sweet flavour tingling on your tongue. And it seems to sort of linger for quite a long time. And then you finally get sort of heat from the alcohol. I added, as you would expect, my usual fever tree Mediterranean tonic and found the taste really, really pleasant. With tonic, you still kind of get the dryness and sweetness, but the final taste, I think, is a sort of combination between the elderflower and the juniper. It is smooth enough for a dry martini, but in my opinion, wouldn't really work. But I think it'd be great for a variety of cocktails, and I'd love to try it as a base for a daiquiri. I have definitely added this to my list of gin wants. So ask any true gin drinker what they think of Negroni. 
Not the one that just drinks G&T all the time, but a real gin drinker. Or ask a barman. They're awfully interesting about Negroni. And I guarantee you'll get a plethora of answers as to how to have Negroni. It'll either be, well, you've got to have this certain gin. Or it'll be, well, I would replace the Campari with Aperol. Or, no, don't have this vermouth. Have this vermouth. The very mention of this word seems to conjure up debate. But before we kind of get into that, where did Negroni come from? And it's really difficult. The kind of accepted story is it it came to us in the 1920s in Florence. Count Camillo Negroni ordered an Americano, which is Campari, Italian vermouth and soda, but said, I want to replace the soda water with gin. The, The sort of debate continues as to whether that is, you know, that sort of seems to be the accepted one. But actually... What looks like it is the more accepted one. And I got this from the Curious Bartender, which you haven't read, is really worth it. Thank you, Vanessa at NessieJ91 for recommending it to me. Which basically he states in there, after quite a lot of researching and uh, resourcefulness on his behalf, that it's more likely that actually it started in either 1919 or 1920. And Camillo Luigi Manfredo, Maria Negroni ordered in Cafe Cassoni an Americano but asked for it to be fortified with gin. Nevertheless, whatever way or whoever invented it, the accepted quantities for Negroni are one part gin, one part vermouth, one part Campari. This should be stirred in a glass over cubed ice for 60 seconds and then strained into a chilled rocks glass with ice, again, cubed ice, and garnished with a slice of lemon or grapefruit. And that, that's the recipe that I got from the, the Curious Bartender. But the, the, the basic recipe is pretty much that. The key thing in your Negroni is, for, for you and to make it your Negroni, is how you flex all the parts of the drink and the types of gin you use, vermouth or Campari. So adjusting the quantities is an accepted way of doing it. I think if you ask the true Negroni aficionados, they would say, no, you must not change the quantities. But the wider sort of Negroni community would accept that, you know, if you want to. For example, if I were to change it, I would probably adding a quarter measure to the gin and a quarter measure to the vermouth and then reducing the Campari down to half a measure. Because, you know, for me, is the Campari is the, is, is the issue. But the problem for me is I'm a very compliant individual and I like to follow the rules. So for me, I'd want to keep the one part rule for all three of those components. But the biggest problem, as I said, for me is the Campari. Like any sort of true mixologist or trainee mixologist in my case, you have to taste everything neat. And that means everything. So you need to understand what the vermouth tastes like. You need to understand what the Campari tastes like. You need to understand what the gin tastes like. Have you ever tried Campari neat? I think it is actually worse than having Gordon's neat. Initially, the flavour profile is of a lovely, sweet, slightly orange liquid, but is soon followed by the driest taste you can possibly imagine. So what what are the options if you don't really want Campari and you want to leave those three constituent parts? Well, obviously, you can completely remove the Campari and say replace it with something like Aperol, which which I've done, which is which kind of works. And I've made a lovely Negroni with the edge gin, 
Larange, at the Starlino Rosso Vermouth, and at Aperol Spritz UK, Aperol. And it, it really is a lovely Negroni. I think if you ask, the, again, the true Negroni aficionados, they would say, well, yeah, you've got your three parts correct, but we don't think you should really take out the Campari. Now, at the end of the day, you've got to find your Negroni Nirvana. So if that is what works for you, that's what you should do. Unfortunately for me, I, I couldn't kind of hand on heart say, well, yeah, I'll just replace it with Aperol because I kind of wanted to I kind of wanted to find a way to make sure Campari worked and I have found it. I have adopted one of the most amazing transformations in the world and I've infused strawberries with Campari. Now, I can't take any credit for it. Thank you to Tammy at For Cocktail Sake for this idea. But the Campari goes from the driest thing ever to like a mildly flowing gloopy syrup, which just has a modicum of dryness. You know, it's, it's, for me, it's just enough dryness, but it is my new way of doing Negroni. And this week I tried, and you'll see it on Tuesday when I release it, at Stockport Gin Pink Edition, at the Starlino Rosso Vermouth, and my infused Campari. And it, I have to say, it made one of the nicest Negronis that I've ever tasted. But obviously, you know, I, I, I'm I'm sort of talking about Campari. You know, Campari is only one of the constituent flavours. What about the vermouth? Well, you can kind of really go to town here. I tend to go with the Starlino Rosso vermouth because I really like it. I think it's really nice. I think it adds a bit of edge to it. You could go for, you know, Martini Rosso as well. But, the you know, the traditional way of going is a dry vermouth. And that is definitely something you could, you could go for. I'm actually trying this week. Um, I'm just about to, to try it. But unfortunately, I haven't managed to try it before this podcast. But I'm going to try Massingbird Monday's Burrell's Gin, Lille Blanc to replace the vermouth and the infused Campari. And I think that is going to be an absolute winner. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Obviously, the Lille Blanc, is a bit of a sweeter flavour. So I just think it may well be really, really my my Negroni, you know, my Negroni Nirvana. However, it may be too sweet. So I may ironically have to put in normal Campari. But I will tell you about that when I release it. And that will be released on Thursday and let you know how I got on. Obviously, that, and I've left this till last for a reason, because I think really the, to me, the primary element of what you're going to change is the gin. And there are, you know, obviously a plethora of gins that you could choose from. You know, you might prefer to work from a standard gin or a pink gin. You know, as I said, I've tried the Edge L'Orange gin, and that is really nice because there is a definite orange flavor. So it really kind of adds to that. I don't see why you couldn't try a lemon or a lime gin. Or if you speak to Laura at Lava Spirits, and she very kindly left a comment when I was talking about Negronis, saying she did Campari Vermouth and her coffee gin, which I think would put a great unique spin on it. And I'm so tempted. I can't decide. I've got a coffee gin, just one of her miniatures, and I can't decide whether I want to do an espresso martini with it or whether I want to do Negroni. And I'm very, very tempted to go down the Negroni route. I've got to be honest. Then you've kind of got the making of Negroni. 
you know, the traditional way is you put ice in a glass and you add your three components and you stir it for 60 seconds and then you strain into another glass with ice. I'm a bit weird, perhaps, but I like a cocktail and I, I, to be honest, like a gin and tonic. I like the tonic to be cold, but I don't really like having ice in it. It's not I don't like having ice. I just have kind of got out of habit. I find you get a stronger flavour if you don't have ice for me personally. I would, and this is again a bit of a contentious issue, but I would prefer to shake a Negroni. So that's what I do. And I like to add then add a garnish of orange. And I think quite a lot of people, to be honest, add a garnish of orange, despite whether they shake or or stir. But it's a, a you know a really nice way to kind of bring out the elements of the Negroni. Ultimately, the possibilities are endless. And I just hope that I've given you a bit of an idea as to some of the things that you could try to get to your Negroni Nirvana. I would love to hear from you to understand how you've got to your Negroni Nirvana. So please do get in touch. I will be doing my normal ways to get in touch a little bit later on. So listen out for that. My Instagram shout out this week is at gin and cocktails. And I'm so delighted that I waited for gin and cocktails for this week because I'm delighted to announce that they've got to 6,000 followers. So well deserved. I also love the fact behind their brand, there are two Scouse ladies. I have a very strong affiliation with Liverpool as my sort of family are from there or some of my family are from there. And uh, so I, I'm really, really pleased and so pleased again that you got to 6,000 followers. I love your picture of some fusion of Brenta Bridgin. The colours are absolutely amazing. The off-piece gin sounds right up my street. Love the sound of the sort of flavour profile with vanilla, creaminess and juniper. How could you go wrong? I also love the M&S Clementine gin. The bottle looks so amazing and also so refreshing that it doesn't get washed away by the fever tree clementine tonic, which I often find, you know, if you put it with a sort of very mild gin, I've only done it once, I think, it just completely takes away the taste. But I'm glad to see that it doesn't do that in this case. But I do like the idea of mixing the MS clementine with, with Prosecco. I think that's a lovely idea. Oh, I love your espresso martini with Aberfall salty toffee liqueur. I think if I'm if I'm honest, I've recently tried the coffee and dark chocolate liqueur, which I think is absolutely lush. I probably would have changed it for that, but you know, horses for courses. It, whatever you like is is the important thing. Glad to see you've tried the Marie Jeanne from Massingbird Monday. I agree with your comment, flaming gorgeous. I think it's one of the nicest gins that I've tasted. It's just so nice to the way the botanicals all kind of work together. You know, it's, a, it's a definitely a London dry, but those berries in there are just oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. And I really like your post on Martin Miller's winter gin and what you did with it to make it into a mulled gin. So you had a 50 mil of Martin Miller, 75 mil of Clementine juice, 5 mil of honey and 100 mil of hot water. Absolutely lush. So glad again that you've got to 6,000 followers. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for the support of the Gin Ignite account and the podcast. I will be adding you to my stories all week. I would love to hear from you if you want to get in touch at Gin Ignite on Instagram or Twitter 
or gin.gossip at ginignite.com. The thing that I like about the gin community that I've met so far is that nobody judges anyone for what they believe, what they look like or who they choose to be. The world would be a better place if everyone took that view. Grab your drink, toast those you love, enjoy your weekend and whether you stay at home, because obviously you can't go out and party, I will be with you in spirit. Seriously though, enjoy your weekend and I look forward to joining you for another episode next Friday. Cheers! Cheers!